a message of hope and good news for you. The program today is part of a series of programs called Give Me the Bible with Uncle Len. And we will be talking today about the commandments. Hi, Len. How are you today? Yes, hello, Nick. Hello, listeners. It's good to be with you again. Hope the Lord has blessed you this past week. The series, Give Me the Bible, is intended that you too can experience the hope and reassurance that there is a loving, powerful God who cares for you and has a plan for your life now and in the hereafter. Sometimes you may have asked yourself if God really cares. You may have asked him for something that you really wanted, yet never received. Possibly you came to one of two conclusions. Firstly, that perhaps God doesn't really exist after all. Or perhaps that he wasn't interested in you. I want to reassure you that God cares. After all, he sacrificed himself to free you from the shackles of sin. Could he do anything greater than this to demonstrate his love for you and me? I too have asked for things which I did not get. When asking God for something, it's a good idea to include if it is in accordance with your will. Some things we might ask for would do us no good. Should God answer bad requests? Basically, there are three answers God has for our prayers. They are yes, no, and wait a while. Last week we were considering the issues of God's law of liberty, that is, the law of love, which is outlined in what we call the Ten Commandments. This program, we will look at each of those commandments separately. Before we do so, I want you to know that in some translations of the Bible, Certain passages have been meddled with. Two versions of the Bible that I'm very uneasy about are the Douay version and the New World translation. I'm extremely wary of these two versions because the two organisations responsible for their production have tried to make the Bible fit their particular beliefs. It should be the other way round. The beliefs that people hold should be based on what the Bible says. The Douay version, authorised by the Catholic Church, has completely removed commandment number two and has split number ten into two parts to make up for the one that has been removed. It's a terrible thing that some people have the nerve to meddle with the Bible. But it is a fact of life that this has been done. Most versions of the Holy Word of God have been faithfully trans translated 
and are safe to use. The King James Version, the Authorised Version, the Good News Bible, the New English Bible, and the New King James Version, which uses modern language instead of the Old English, are, as far as I know, faithful translations where there is no bias. I use the New International Version as my study Bible, but have quite a few other translations as well. If you have a Bible which is paraphrased, it means that the original manuscripts have not been used for the translation. What has happened is that an already existing translation has been used and the author or group of authors have put it into other words. The message, the clear word and the living Bible are paraphrase versions. They're usually quite easy to read but may not always be completely accurate. But don't let all this be a problem to you. Stick with something like the New King James Version or the Revised Standard Version and you can depend on what it says. By the way, God is not pleased with anyone who meddles with the Bible. Listen to what he says about it. In Revelation chapter two, uh, 22 rather, and verse 19, it says this, If anyone takes away the words of the prophecy of this book of prophecy, God will take away from him his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. That's another way of saying that person will not experience eternal life. That is, they will be damned because they have meddled with God's word. Now, the commandments. I shall be using the New King James Version. And you find the Ten Commandments in Exodus, the second book, chapter 20. Commandment number one starts in verse three, and it says this. You shall have no other gods before me. This is God telling us who he is and what he is like. God is here saying firstly that he exists and secondly that he is the supreme being. It would be a dishonour to have another God in favour of him. That would be a bit like someone loving their cat more than their husband or their wife. The husband or wife would not be honoured at all. And why is God supreme? It's because he's the creator and life giver and you can't go beyond that. Commandment number two is found in verses four, five and six. And it says this, You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or in the earth beneath 
or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. When you think about it, it's quite ridiculous to make an idol and then worship it. First, someone gets a piece of wood or some metal or a piece of stone, carves it into a shape and then worships it as if it has some special powers when all the time it's just a man-made object. In reality, such worship is debasing. Someone worshipping such an idol devalues and debases themselves as they are worshipping something lower than themselves. On one of my four visits to China, I saw a huge Buddha carved from a mountain. It was probably at least 50 metres tall. At the bottom was a Buddhist priest and nearby were two trees covered with red ribbons. People had tied to the tree their prayer ribbons so that the Buddha would grant them their prayer requests. I couldn't but help thinking how ridiculous it was, expecting a large lump of rock to perform a miracle when the living God is the only one who has the power to do that. This, the second commandment, is the commandment that the Douay version of the Bible has removed, as the Roman Catholic Church has images of Mary and Christ and so-called saints, and these are worshipped or adored. When someone worships an image or an idol, it shows disrespect for God. And there are other forms of idol worship where people like the animists worship things like animals, rocks, trees and so on. They show disrespect for God as they worship the creature above the creator. In our modern society, disobeying this commandment takes another form where people give most of their time, effort and money into such things as their cars, their homes, clothes and even such things as their children or their education. Anything that crowds God out of one's life is an idol. The second commandment is saying, really, get things in perspective. God is supreme. Don't make a fool of yourself by worshipping anything or anyone less. Now commandment number three, and this is found in Exodus 20 and verse 7. 
You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. You know, there are words and phrases commonly used that show disrespect for God. You've probably heard of OMG or Oh My God. That's very common these days. And there are other words such as cripes, Christ, Jesus and Jesus Christ. These are used as cuss words. By using such words, people belittle God. They're demonstrating that God means nothing to them. It's a sin to use such words out of their proper context. As was said in the last program, the commandments are about showing respect for God and respect for our fellow man. We need to be careful what we say because what comes out of our mouths is the product of what is in our minds. If we respect God, we will not use his name carelessly or as a profanity. If we do use such words or phrases, we will be held accountable for them. Now, commandment number four is found in verses eight through to eleven. It says this, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall you labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter, nor your male servant, your your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Here we have a very beautiful commandment as it bridges respect for both God and man. It shows how we are to give our respect for God and for people. This commandment begins with the word remember. Remember God who is the creator. Remember that he who made us knows what is best for us and we need to cease from work at least one day in seven. And on that day we will do well to turn our attention upwards, to remember that human beings are not the pinnacle of life, but there is someone who is far above us in intelligence and in power and in all things good. The commandment even tells us when this rest day, that is, Sabbath, should be. We'll deal with that in a later program. It also tells us that while we as individuals are honouring God, 
and resting on the seventh day, we should not expect others, starting with our family, our servants or employees, our animals or even other people who are within our sphere of influence, to do things on that day which we would not do. That means if I have a shop and I do not work on the Sabbath, I should not expect my employees to open the shop for trading on that day. The commandment also includes a blessing. As God put a special blessing on the seventh day, a blessing the other days of the week do not have. Unfortunately, most people disregard this commandment and think that it's optional. I do not believe it is optional, and like all the rest of the commandments, to break it is a sin. So we have the first four of the Ten Commandments. These all show how a person is to demonstrate his love and respect for God, and with the fourth one being both for God and man. The last six commandments are rules of living, as they apply to other people. If everyone kept these commandments, then society would be harmonious and without crime. There would be no terrorists, no prisons, no locks, no abuse, no police, no wars, and no suspicion. Alas, that is not the case in modern society. This is Give Me the Bible with Uncle Len. Please stay with us. We are going for a short break and we'll be back soon. That's the first four commandments. Now, commandment number five. And that's found in Exodus 20, verse 12. It says this, Honour your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Honouring one's parents is very strong in some societies, as when the parents are old, the children care for them. Honouring our parents is a means of showing gratitude to them for bringing us into the world and for bringing us up, for caring and nurturing us. We honour our parents by living in such a way that we become good and useful members of society. We honour them by obeying them even if they themselves have faults. I was talking to a man one day and we were discussing his children. One of his sons, whom I know well, is a hard-working chap and is bound by his word. That is, 
He can be trusted and he speaks the truth. He can be described as a good bloke. One of the other sons is a drug addict and is a drain on society. The man I was talking to said this of the latter son. He said, I wish a crocodile would eat him. It's painful for parents to see their children grow up and be immoral and or useless. As children, if we listen to the instructions our parents give us, we can expect to live long and productive, happy lives. Now commandment number six, which is found in verse 13. You shall not murder, or some versions say, thou shalt not kill. Life for most people is the most precious thing they will ever have. To take the life of another person is the ultimate disrespect for them. In the book of Matthew chapter 5, Jesus goes even further. He explains the principle involved. To wish someone would die comes from the same motivation as the actual physical murder. To put someone down, that is, to belittle them, is similar. God created people to have dignity and self-respect. And for someone to erode another person's self-respect, as far as the principle goes, is just like murder. Commandment number seven. You shall not commit adultery. In Australia, only about one in two marriages lasts. Why is the institution of marriage breaking down? Is it because society's values have become very lenient regarding this commandment? Have you ever wondered why God would restrict human beings to only one partner that is, one wife or one husband? It was because God made the basis of society the nuclear family unit, that is, one man, one woman, and children from that relationship. When people hop into bed with others who are outside the family unit, there's a lot of hurt a lot of anxiety and a lot of suffering. You may have been in that situation yourself or probably know someone who's been in that situation. The non-offending partner is hurt, the children are hurt and the wider family suffers too. I think Satan is actively involved in breaking down the family unit because God designed it and Satan is the enemy of God. How many maladjusted and damaged children exist because of their parents breaking this commandment? That's anyone's guess, but I can guarantee the number is not a small one.
In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus also comments on the principle of this commandment. He says, If, for example, a man sees an attractive woman and wishes he could have sexual intercourse with her, that is almost as bad as the physical act itself. Rape, adultery, and all those things start in the mind first before any action is taken. What a blessing it would be to society if people took this commandment seriously. I think the lawyers would probably go out of business. Commandment number eight says, You shall not steal. The Ten Commandments are all about love and respect. To steal from someone shows that you don't really care much about them. You're quite happy to take what's theirs without asking permission. Like breaking any of the commandments, the action always starts in the mind. To be content with what we have is a real blessing. To begin to wish what someone else has, uh, I'll, st- I'll say that again, to begin to wish to have for, my, for ourselves what someone else has is the first step to stealing. The strange thing is, stealing and getting possessions or wealth at the expense of others does not bring lasting happiness. Stealing is sin. Commandment number nine. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbour. False witness is simply another word for saying telling lies. Telling lies is devaluing others. Everyone has the right to know what is right and true. What about little white lies? I want to say this. If it is a lie, it is a lie. Whether it is black, brown, white or purple. If my wife told me she was shopping on Tuesday but in reality she was sunbathing on the beach. What would that do to me? It's a fairly harmless thing. Firstly, it would make me distrust her, and that would be a breakdown in our relationship. Secondly, it would make me feel like I was inferior, devalued. But going further... Lying about someone else is even worse. It could lead to a breakdown in their reputation, bring them anxiety, stress, loss of self-esteem and a whole lot of negativity. Has someone ever told lies about you? How did it make you feel? Truth is a precious commodity. Nothing else will ever substitute for it. Let's stick to the truth, and nothing but truth. Lying, of course, is sin. And now, of course, commandment number 10. This is the one that is split into two in the Douay version, whereas it is really the one. The commandment says, You shall not covet your neighbour's house, You shall not covet your neighbour's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, 
nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbour's. Coveting, or strongly desiring to have, goes on only in one's own mind. From the mind spring actions. From the mind come the actions of murder, stealing, committing adultery. This commandment is telling people to keep their minds under control. So much trouble would be avoided if this commandment was obeyed. You know, advertising thrives on coveting. The advertisements groom people to wish they could have such and such a product or such and such a service. As I pointed out earlier, this commandment has been split into two in the Douay version of the Bible, whereas it should only be one. Well, that's a brief summary of the Ten Commandments. They are good. They are not bad, and they are not redundant, as some people try to make out. They point out to us how we should live. They also point out our mistakes, our sins. You don't need to be an Einstein to see that these commandments are the moral basis of society and if kept, demonstrate how a person is to love and respect other people and of course God. The commandments are not hard to keep. Why people break the commandments is because of their own selfishness and greed. My time is up. I hope you've enjoyed the presentation today and I hope you will join me next week when we consider who God is. Blessings to you and peace and happiness always from me, Len. Thank you, Len. And uh, we'll just leave you now with a beautiful song uh, by uh, Gavin Chatelier. Trusting in my sweet Jesus He's the one I'm living for Not alone now Now I'm trusting in Jesus All I hope and all I do Only to praise His name not alone now, now I'm trusting in Jesus And I'll follow Him everywhere And all the joy that each day we share I'm never alone, my heart is His own I'm living for Him My sweet Jesus Though my friends may turn from me Not alone now Now I'm trusting in Jesus Not for riches Not for fame With my eyes on heaven I praise His name not alone now, now I'm trusting in Jesus.